Hello, everybody. This is Joseph P. Farrell with News and Views from the Nefarium on Thursday, May 31st, 2018, the last day of May. I tell you, it's been quite a week. Um, the Nefarium has been busy in the Italian subsidiary and franchise, as I warned you it would be. <laughs> Um, we have a lot to cover today. Um, I just, to update everybody, I put up the new vid chat schedule. Our next vid chats are for the month of June are up in the members calendar. So, uh, I have scheduled that for those of you who have been asking about it. And, uh, there is no vid chat tomorrow. Uh, I've been in the process of trying to, uh, adopt a little animal from the Animal Rescue Foundation, and I heard back from them today, so there may be no blogs on this weekend. Uh, I have yet to sit down and look through all of the emails. I've got a ton of stuff I want to blog about and little time to do it, but um, I may go ahead and, and pop at least one blog in for the weekend. But in any case, as I said, watch Italy, get your popcorn, because it's going to be fun. And as I also recently blogged on the website, watch Spain. And no sooner said than done. It's been a wild week. First, the coalition government in Italy was on, then it was off, because the Italian president, uh, Sergio Mattarella, refused to approve uh, Salvini's nomination for the finance minister, the nominee that he was trying to get approved, was a Eurosceptic. So um, it looks like perhaps the, um, the government is forming. Supposedly it is supposed to be sworn in tomorrow. There has been apparently an agreement on a last-minute switch for finance minister, but as it appears, the gentleman that Salvini has nominated for the finance ministry in Italy is himself a Eurosceptic, according to the Zero Hedge article that I want to get to right now. It's titled Salvini, Bait and Switch. Italy's new finance minister is also an outspoken Eurosceptic. I want to read several paragraphs in this article because... I want you to pay attention not only to what they are talking about in this story and in the story about Spain, but also what they are not talking about, all right? Because I think it's as much about what they're not talking about as about what they are talking about. So here we go. This is the first article, Salvini, Bait and Switch. I want to read several paragraphs from this article to you. They're very important beginning at the very beginning. For Europe's establishment, it's out of the frying pan and into the fire. Just when Brussels thought it had avoided a potential firestorm by forcing President Mattarella to veto the prior finance ministry appointee, preventing prominent Eurosceptic Paolo Savona from becoming Italy's next finance minister. And instead, in the latest proposed government, the finance minister would be the relatively unknown Giovanni Tria alongside five stars De Maio, who will be industry minister, Salvini as interior minister, and Giuseppe Conti, the Florentine lawyer, as prime minister. So in other words, Conti was out last week and now he's back in. <laughs> so here we go. It appears that Tria himself is a rather outspoken Eurosceptic. 
As we reported earlier, Tria, 69 years old, is currently the head of the economy faculty at Rome's Torfergata University. And what is, skipping a couple paragraphs, what has spooked the establishment in the early rounds of due diligence is the following article from December 2016, published in the Formich, entitled uh, Vi spiego la competizione truccata in Europa che favorisce la Germania. I hope I'm not butchering the Italian. Or translated, quote, I'll explain the rigged competition in Europe that favors Germany, <laughs> in which Tria, like the other run-off-the-mill Eurosceptics, criticizes the European Monetary Union and its fixed exchange rate for allowing countries such as Germany to run high in external surpluses and says fiscal policy should compensate for that lack of flexibility. Meanwhile, as Bloomberg's uh, Lorenzo Totaro uh, and John Fallane report, TRIA publicly called for a debate on the euro, both in Italy and in the rest of Europe. And that's the last thing. Let me stop right there. That's the last thing that they want in Brussels, Berlin, and Paris is an open discussion in all of Europe about the euro and the eurozone. That's the very last thing because they want to keep it all tightly in their own hands. Uh, saying that the biggest danger is implosion, not exit. In an article co-written with Renato Brunetta, a senior lawmaker of ex-premier Silvia Berlusconi's Forza Italia party, in the article published on March in March 17th in Sole, Looking at the outlook for the euro region, Trio sa Tria said that, quote, the German economy's growing surplus shows that monetary expansion <clears throat> without a policy that aids economic convergence between the various countries merely fuels an imbalance that puts us in conflict with the rest of the world. Unquote. In other words, as I detailed in my book, The Third Way, and what everybody that's honest that looks at the Eurozone, it was all an expansion of the old exchange rate mechanism, and that was designed by deliberate design to favor Germany. It goes back, as I pointed out uh, in that book, it goes back to an IG Farben Reichsbank study that was done in wor World War II uh, it was sponsored by the Nazis, of course. It was a Nazi plan in 1942. This has been the goal all along. Uh, it was also German war aim goals during World War I, create a vast European federation that Germany dominated economically and financially. So continuing, the German surplus is the sign of the failure of the euro. Now, remember, this is Tria speaking. The growing surplus of the German economy shows that monetary expansion without a policy that aids economic convergence between the various countries merely fuels an imbalance that puts us in conflict with the rest of the world. The German-driven Europe has not deliberately grasped wrongly that the excess of virtue, a surplus of ants, and pay attention to that, folks, that's the only hint about that undiscussed subject that we have not yet heard being addressed in connection with the euro. Now, please understand what I'm telling you here. This is very important. Tria is, is now the incoming Italian finance minister, and he's suggesting with that comment 
that there is an indelible connection between the immigration policies that Frau Merkel has been pursuing, much to the detriment of the rest of Europe, in especially Italy and Spain, and the Eurozone and the German surplus, all right? This is all connected, and the Italian incoming finance minister knows it, all right? Let me continue. Produces more damage than excess deficit, and the measures to cope with the resulting crisis have listened to the language here in the context of what he just alluded to, the surplus of ants, have only worsened the situation rather than resolving it. To think that the convergence of economies should go through internal deflation to so-called weak countries and imposed through fiscal consolidation even in periods of recession has produced generalized deflation and no fiscal consolidation. We must be able <laughs> to print money. So in other words... Don't roll back any of the galloping socialist uh, programs that have also contributed to the crisis, and Mrs. Merkel is correct on that one, simply allow us to print more money, okay? So in other words, there's a bit of make-believe here on both sides, and as I said, <laughs> this is going to be fun. Let me skip to the end of the Zero Hedge article. In other words... It appears that Salvini, this is the leader of one of Italy's uh, so-called populist parties, it appears that Salvini managed to replace one Eurosceptic with another. And instead of Savona, it will be Tria, who will push for exploding the Italian budget, Edemest using fiscal stimulus to offset Germany's unfair advantage, Edemest back to the square one, we were over the weekend. In short, everyone who rushed to buy Italian bond and bank stocks on the assumption that all is fixed may be urgently reassessing this decision now. Now, let me add one more thing because I heard from an individual in Europe, I won't mention his name, but he's involved in investing and he sent me a number of graphs which I'm still kind of studying and trying to connect with everything else that's been going on in Europe. Uh, but he indicated that one of the things that the major bankers are trying to do now is localizing all of that bad paper in Italy. <laughs> okay, in other words, um, it look, you can read that in any number of ways, as far as I can tell right now, that they are attempting to minimize any damage of the new Italian government within Italy itself, or that they're trying to, to pin Italy with all of this debt that may, in fact, be um, a lot of bad paper from the rest of Europe. I have to look at this much more carefully, but uh, that's my best guess as of this moment. But please note what Tria said here. There's a connection, an indelible connection, between what's going on in Europe and the crisis in Europe and the immigration crisis it faces. This has been working to Germany's economic advantage, but certainly to no one else's economic or cultural advantage, and that's pretty much all over Europe. And Italy has been one of those countries, like Spain, we're getting to Spain, folks, that's been most affected by this whole thing. So, with that in mind, let's turn to Spain, because one of my fears and predictions was if Italy began the process 
of even sounding like it was going to leave the EU, this process would roll immediately to Spain, where they are equally unhappy about the situation that Madrid and through Madrid, Brussels, and through Brussels, Berlin, <laughs> has imposed on everybody else in Europe. And this, again, is a Zero Hedge article. The title here says it all. Socialist leader Sanchez set to become new Spanish prime minister as Rajoy, that's Mariano Rajoy, who is the current prime minister of Spain. I want to read the beginning of this and just a couple of uh, paragraphs because there is a vote of no confidence set for tomorrow in the Spanish parliament against the current Spanish prime minister. And once you hear what's going on here, I think you'll see and be able to read between the lines behind all of this and figure out that this is a Europe-wide discontent with the leadership, not only in Brussels, but in Berlin and Paris. Quote, Spanish Prime Minister Rajoy refuses to resign ahead of tomorrow's done deal vote of no confidence in his administration, given that the opposition apparently has the votes. And Maria Cospedal has informed the center-left Socialist Party leader Pedro Sanchez is set to become the new Spanish prime minister. Skipping a couple paragraphs here. Moments ago, the Basques officially sided with Sanchez when the Basque nationalists informed Rajoy's People's Party and Socialists that they've decided to vote against the prime minister according to the state broadcaster Televisión Española. With the Catalans of Podemos Cat also expected to support Sanchez, that would be enough to defeat Rajoy as there are now 177 votes against Rajoy with 176 needed. A razor-thin margin, but nonetheless enough to force a change of government. Being the decisive vote against Rajoy must be a welcome revenge for the various Basque and Catalan separatist groups following the unprecedented crackdown that Rajoy unleashed against the various parties last fall, when in the aftermath of the Catalan referendum, Spain cracked down on all separatists in the region. And while markets have been largely prepared for the possibility of Rajoy's ouster, Bloomberg's Paul Dobson points out some potential complications, noting the possibility, excuse me here, I may sneeze, noting the possibility for socialists to try and govern without a new election, or that they could find a way to form a government after a new election with Catalan separatists and Basque nationalists. Personally, I think you're going to see an election in Spain, and I think it's going to um, fall around the same issue, but let me continue. According to Dobson, that would be bad for bonds and stocks because the socialists governing with a minority in the current parliamentary lineup would be very unstable and struggle to get anything done, adding to the uncertainty. That's why right there, I think that if there is a vote of no confidence, there will be a call for more elections. They may take a conciliatory approach to the Catalans raising the prospect of releasing separatists from jail and pushing, putting the issue of independence in Catalonia back on the agenda. That's the biggest risk scenario as our expert Ben still puts it, and so on and so on. Uh, the socialists want to tax the banks more heavily, and that's another market negative. So again, there's a problem, and the problem is the Spanish economy and its culture, 
And why is the culture a problem? Well, Spain, like Italy, like many other countries in Europe, has been flooded with immigrants that are, let's be frank, basically barbarians and not trying to assimilate. So this is the unspoken problem driving all of the economic news. Spain very much in the same boat that Italy has been in vis-a-vis -vis the EU and under the thumb of Brussels and Berlin. So I suspect that with the success, apparently this might change overnight, folks, but with the apparent success of the incoming uh, group to form a coalition government in Italy, I suspect that this is going to boost confidence in Spain after this vote of no confidence if they are successful in ousting uh, Prime Minister Rajoy. I suspect that you are going to see calls for a Spanish election, and it's now going to turn into Southern Europe uh, sitting in the catbird seat in the form of Spain and Italy and Greece quietly in the background, I would imagine. Uh, this will probably extend to Portugal. Um, and they are going to talk some tough negotiation with Brussels and Berlin. And they're going to be faced with a choice either of renegotiating the whole structure of the EU or they're going to be faced with the potentiality that Italy and Spain are both going to exit, which would reveal the EU for what everyone has always known it is, and that's basically an alliance of France and Germany. So this is very, very significant, folks. I still find it very fishy, very funny that they are. some of the banks are trying to localize their debt in Italy. Um, this may be a, a preliminary to a payback move. I don't know. There's lots that could happen from that move, but there's lots going on in Europe. Um, and add to this in the background a growing European-wide discontent, with the exception of Eastern Europe, with American foreign policy and unilateralism. So uh, like I say, folks, this is going to be a very, very interesting time period for European politics. Sit back, eat your popcorn, and watch Italy <laughs> because they know that they're in the driver's seat right now, and uh, they're going to play this with, I suspect, consummate skill. Um, we've seen the brinksmanship here. Uh, apparently, it's worked with uh, the formation of a new cabinet and a new government and uh, the replacement uh, by Salvini of Savona with Tria as the finance minister. So this is going to be very, very interesting, folks. Uh, again, I wish I could keep up with it and give you daily updates, but uh, that's how fast things have been shifting over there. So watch these two countries very, very carefully. Um, they're not happy in Berlin right now, and they're not happy in Brussels either. So this is going to be very interesting. All right, that's it for today's news and views, folks. Tomorrow, remember, no vid chat. Um, I want to thank everybody again for all the articles you've been sending me. Really great stuff, and it's getting increasingly difficult to sift through them to figure out which ones I want to blog about. I suspect I will increasingly uh, use more tidbits to draw your attention to certain articles I think that are important that I just didn't have time to discuss. Anyway, that's it. We're out of here. Bye-bye, everybody. I'll see you on the flip side, and God bless.